There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me, as always, is Centauri Miner. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action today is Mr. Sean Swentek, the executive director at A Walk on Water, the fastest growing surf therapy nonprofit in the United States. Welcome, Sean. Hey, thank you so much, guys, for having me on, and thank you for that very kind introduction. Oh, certainly. Centauri, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about it. Are you a surfer? I saw this question coming. Um, (laughs) I was like, what is he going to ask me? I um, am not a surfer. I grew up in Phoenix, so there didn't have much access to water. Um, So, no, I've never been surfing. Well, I actually have never been surfing either. So, Sean, the next time we're out, you're going to have to take us out, man. I would gladly do that. Yeah, the surf in Phoenix is is poor, quite poor. Um, Where are you guys located these days? We we uh we are calling from Phoenix, so we're both oh here. perfect. All right, so yeah, come on out anytime. I'd love to take you out. Yeah, five five and a half hours, we will be there. So, well, minor. Yes. Well, excellent, Sean. Um, tell us a little bit about your career path. I, I think that from a little bit of research, you've been with the organization for six and a half years, and you've been the executive director for a little over the past uh, one year. But tell us uh tell us about your career path. Yeah, that's uh, a a good question. I've been one of those individuals who's kind of bounced all over when we talk about career path. I've always been kind of open to new experiences and trying new things. You know, sometimes I try to think back in my head how many different jobs I've had, and it's well over 20, maybe 30 or 40. Um, I started working really young. I've always had a passion for work and, and for, you know, working hard. It's always been kind of my calling, I think. Uh, about 20 years ago in 99, um, my boss at the time, I was a 19-year-old kid waiting tables. He asked me to come volunteer with him at Special Olympics up in the mountains for their winter games. I said, that sounds kind of cool. I'll give it a shot. And started going up with him every year. And about a year later, they decided to launch snowboarding as a sport for Special Olympics. And nice. all the guys I went up with were skiers. I was the only snowboarder. So they asked me to put together the program and run it. And I did so for many years until the winter games uh, had to shut down just due to the, the high cost of funding, you know, getting everyone up in the mountains for a couple of days. But uh, that was a great experience and really opened my eyes to volunteerism, to uh, volunteer management, nonprofit leadership and all those different things. Um, and I've still volunteered with Special Olympics to this day as often as I can. Um, I tend to help out now with either volleyball or golf or some of the warm summer sports that I'm involved in. Um, shortly after that, and I think 01, maybe 02, uh, through a friend, I was introduced to another nonprofit organization called Surfers Healing. They provide surf therapy to children on the autism spectrum. That was really a, a game changer for me and a, a huge eye opener. I, I had a lot of familiarity with special needs athletes through my work with um, Olympics, but uh, what they were doing there at the beach and in the ocean was something uh, completely unexpected and really um, life-changing for me and for all the kids involved, obviously. Um, I remember witnessing kids that would be going into the water, you know, kicking and screaming and really angry. And, and you know, kids with uh, autism can sometimes have these really violent outbursts. Um, and then you'd see that same kid come in a half hour, hour later 
and they were completely calm and smiling and laughing and hugging and interacting with their peers and their nice. instructor and nice. volunteers. And it was this really incredible transformation that um, I, I just had never expected to see or never had seen. So from there, I was hooked. Uh, I volunteered with them for many years through that. I uh, actually met uh, Pat Ataro and uh, he was the one with the idea for this other nonprofit that we call Walk on Water. Um, and so he and I and a couple others um, came together in 2012 after someone made a small donation and uh, we were able to launch in gosh, September of 2012 and had our first event that October in Hollister Ranch. Um, I know uh, I kind of focused on the nonprofit side and you kind of asked me about my career path, you know, through all that time I was working, uh, you know, in either the, I was in the restaurant business for a long time, opening restaurants and bars uh, across the U.S. And then um, I transitioned into digital marketing, which was just a natural thing for me coming out of the restaurant game, being social and, and sort of uh, networking. Um, I, I leveraged that into a digital marketing career for numerous uh, corporations in various uh, verticals. And so that whole time I was kind of volunteering on the side while working in the corporate world and doing marketing, which I really enjoyed, but I, I kind of always felt unfulfilled if I'm being honest. So for me, um, when the opportunity arose last year to move off the board of directors of Walk and Water and into an actual paid role, as the executive, it was kind of a dream come true for me. And um, I think anyone in the nonprofit space will tell you that, you know, the pay is not really commensurate usually to the uh, public space. So uh, I'm, you know, I, I always say thank you to my wife for <laughs> becoming a doctor and allowing me to pursue my passions nice. a little bit more. Um, Very and nice. She, and she can bring home the bucks to help us pay for, uh, you know, our, our six-month-old baby girl and everything else that went on in life and allows me to focus on my passion and, and really try to bring sort of therapy to as many people as possible. Well, I think that that's uh, awesome, man. Congratulations. Thank Sean, you. Sean, I'm curious. It seems like, and I don't want to diminish other sports or activities, but seems like there's a pretty high barrier to surfing. How do you, how does this all come together? Yeah, there's a very high barrier. Um, it's one of the most difficult sports to learn, to master, and, you know, very few people could say they master it. Um, you know, I can't speak to all the other organizations, and, and I should mention that there are many, many. Surf therapy is one of the hottest uh, uh, items in the nonprofit world right now, and, and there's new ones popping up all over the place, which is great. Um what I can speak to is what we do. And we've, you know, from day one had a big focus on the overall experience for the athlete and their family and making sure that that experience is delivered in the safest possible way. And so we, uh, we brought together the best surfers we knew guys who had been doing it for years through surfer tealing and through other organizations and who are just lifelong watermen. And we said, these are the guys that we're going to use to surf with our kids. And we don't just take a kid out, put them on a board and push them into the wave. You know, these guys um, are with the kid on the same board. We use these, large custom design sort of stand up paddle board mixed with a surfboard. Um, and they're both on the board together. And so the professionally trained surf instructor will, you know, catch the wave, stand up and then lift the child up uh, onto the board in front of them and hold them and surf with them. So there's really the barrier to entry for the child is, is almost minimal because as long as they're willing to get on the board and go out to sea, I can guarantee these guys are going to be able to get them into a wave. After that, thanks for sharing. Nice. So Sean, um, you mentioned you were with uh, Surfers Healing before, or or volunteered with them. How is how is a walk on water different? Tell us a little bit about this organization's mission and vision and impact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Surfers Healing is is an amazing organization. Does great work. They 
probably reach more kids than any other surf therapy organization out there every year. They're massive and they've been in the game for almost 25 years, I think. Um, they, they work specifically with children on the autism spectrum and only with children on the autism spectrum. We uh, started Walk on Water with the vision to reach any child in need with any disability, any special need, any uh, socioeconomic condition, whether they're, you know, homeless or maybe they're fighting cancer or maybe, you know, whatever it is that is a, a deterrent in the life of that child or something negative that can be offset through time in the water, through surf therapy, we welcome them to come join us. And then some of the other big items that set us apart is we welcome the siblings, the neurotypical or, or normal siblings to surf alongside their special needs siblings so that they can bond over a shared experience. We even welcome the parents to jump in the water too with them if they want. We've taken a few parents surfing. Um, but we really tend to the whole family. It's an entire day at the beach that the child isn't, you know, relegated to a single 20 minute surf session. They join us from 8 a.m. till 4 p.m. We provide a gourmet breakfast and lunch, healthy snacks and drinks. There's a coffee station for the parents. Um, there's live music. There's yoga. There's an art station. There's crafts. There's toys. We really try to create an environment that's beneficial to not just the participating athlete, but their entire family, sort of a a day of respite from the 24-7, 365-day job of raising a child with special needs. That's awesome. I think that that's, I think it's super cool that, that you bring everybody together and everybody gets to be involved and, and have an awesome day. So how often do you run the program? So our first year we held two events. These are, like I said, single day events all day. Um, we grew by about one event a year, our first five years. And then this year we jumped up 10 events was a big growth year for us. Nice. Um, we've had six, a couple successful years of fundraising in a row. And so we got to the end of last year and, and said, you know, we really need to put the money towards the cause and, and how do we do that in the best way possible. And so there's continual dialogue about how we, you know, we most effectively use the funds that are generated, how we can provide more events and reach more kids, but do it in a controlled, safe manner without growing too quickly where we compromise what we do and, and our morals and values. So there's a lot that goes into that, but this last, this year that we just are finishing up, we had 10 events. Um, we also kicked off a new, um, a new type of programming that we're offering where it's not just the large single day event. It would be a once or twice a week ongoing therapeutic program for about eight weeks where the child comes to the beach on like a Tuesday and a Thursday, um, you know, during the summer when they're out of school and they receive ongoing therapy because we've, uh, we've really seen a benefit to that cumulative uh, therapeutic relief where they, get that, you know, week after week over an ongoing basis. So we're continuing to launch that in new areas. And we're, we're, we're always trying to figure out new ways that we can reach kids in need. Um, this year in 2018, we took almost a thousand kids out surfing. Uh, and we think we can reach them more if, if we continue to grow in the right way. Sean, um, just coming from a, uh, came from the a foundation background. So I'm always interested in knowing kind of what is the app efficacy and impact of the organization, if not even from a quantitative standpoint, but if you could share some stories about transformations you've seen, or if there are uh, just data points that you'd like to share with our audience. Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for bringing that up. I feel like I said that to you. Um, we're, we're also really keenly aware of, of the importance of data and, and sharing results and, and moving sort of the science forward, if you will. We're actually just wrapping up a research project we did with a master's student um, over this season where she studied around 20 families um, trying to understand not just the qualitative but also the quantitative aspects around what surf therapy does for an athlete and their family. Um, so we're super excited to see the results of that study later this month. Um, there's also numerous other studies happening around the world. Um, I should mention that 
I helped to form another nonprofit last year in South Africa, based in South Africa, but um, called International Surf Therapy Organization. And we basically are an or a nonprofit that is trying to bring all the uh, nonprofits around the world together under one umbrella where we can share resources, push best, uh, best practices, push the science forward, make sure research studies are happening and data is being collected from all these programs. Really try to get into the public eye the fact that surf therapy is a legitimate form of therapy as we believe it is. Um, there's already some exciting research that's been completed, you know, in the past few years that has shown um, positive results on the quantitative side. And, and so that's a really exciting, you know, thing for us to try to achieve. Um, yeah, for some stories, I can definitely speak, you know, qualitatively to, you know, I, I get emails after every event from parents saying this is the most life changing thing our child's ever done. And we've done every form of therapy out there for our kid. And, he just had the best day. And then, you know, a week later they say he just had the best week and he's improving in school and his social behavior is improved and he's not hitting his peers and he's smiling more and he's saying please and thank you. And it's just all these kind of things that, you know, really show that it, it doesn't just have a single day impact, it has a lasting impact in the, in the child's life. It's, it's kind of amazing. And, you know, one of the stories that we always go back to it. AOL, when this question is asked, is our athlete Jacob, who's been with us since the beginning and his family are truly amazing and huge supporters of ours. Uh, Jacob started with us when he was three or four years old and he was autistic, nonverbal. He, uh, he had never spoken before in his life. And uh, when our head surf instructor, Stephen, took him out surfing, it was quite a challenge. He was very resistant to going out, kicking and screaming and, and lashing out. Um, but Stephen was able to get him into a few waves, get him to calm down. He spent, you know, over an hour with him in the water. And when they came in, you know, I, I saw them talk. I saw Stephen and the athlete talking to the family. So I walked over and everyone was kind of emotional. I said, what's going on? And Stephen's like, well, great. After he surfed a couple of times, you know, he, he opened up and he started to verbalize some words to me. And the, and the families was saying, you know, that's not possible. He's never spoken before in his life. And it turned out, you know, that something in the surfing and uh, the surf therapy had unlocked in him and now if you meet Jacob he'll come right up to you and shake your hand and have a conversation with you and he's a fully well-adjusted young 10-year-old boy so amazing it's, uh, it's pretty heavy and amazing and <laughs> his dad Samuel can tell that story a lot more passionately than I can I, although I still get goosebumps just thinking about it um but yeah that kind of stuff is, is life-changing it's why I believe so heavily in this and I'm working so hard right to do um, spread that message and get people to realize this is this is not only a, a life-changing um, form of therapy it's something that we really need to get out there so that the people who need it and can benefit the most are aware that it's you know out there for them that's awesome incredible stories well, speaking of getting the word out, uh, I'm, I'm sure that, that your background is certainly very beneficial but how how, how do you get the word out how have you gone from maybe a hundred kids in the first year to a thousand? Um, yeah, it was about 15 kids first year, those two events. Um, yeah, you know, um, there's a couple people that, that were there from the beginning who had, you know, really high quality professional resumes in areas that were super beneficial to us. We had some, some, you know, uh, producers, some, uh, directors of photography, some people who are from PR and marketing. And so everyone from the beginning really recognized the importance of creating, a brand and something that's lasting and powerful. And, and so we, we, you know, we're lucky enough to have this really beautiful logo that was designed. Um, and then from day one, we've had luckily, um, so Steven, again, he's, uh, kind of a famous photographer. So he had a lot of, 
photographer friends who would volunteer their time and come to our events. And so we would have basically professional uh, photographers and videographers shooting at our events and producing content that was just world class. And so we're able to put out an image, uh, you know, that looks completely curated and beautiful, but is still impactful in telling the message from a really natural, organic way. And that's been our focus from day one. And I'd say, you know, if we're talking delivery methods, Instagram, you know, was our, our bread and butter from the start and still where we hang our hat and, you know, we were kind of fortunate in that Instagram had a big explosion in the last six years, obviously. And so we've done well there, you know, Facebook and, and all that works for us as well. But we really focus on the visual element and telling the story through, you know, the smiles of the athletes and the volunteers that show up in the image. I believe it makes sense. Well, I can definitely I can definitely see all the, the really awesome, exciting aspects of it. I'm, I'm just curious, doing all these events, bringing all these people together, what, what has been the most challenging part? <laughs> that exactly uh, emailed it. It's, it's the logistics. Um, you know, people, I think from the outside, maybe sometimes think, oh, you know, it's all these people just sort of get there and <laughs> show up and everything works and it is what it is. But right. the amount of work that goes into it is, is definitely my mind. Um, I've been fortunate this year, you know, back in March, right as our season was starting, I also added a second paid staff member and I hired an event producer to handle all that. Um, this, this man, uh, this gentleman, Scott Desiderio, who has been a great help to me. Um, he's a veteran surf event producer and he understood what was in every aspect of it from the moment you pick a location to making sure you can get a permit to, you know, managing volunteer and uh, athlete signups, getting all the right people there, getting all the vendors there, getting sponsors lined up, you know, all the different aspects that go into putting on one of these events. And it's massively time consuming, but it's completely worth it because at the end of every event, we're able to say, you know, we, we left it all on the table. We, we did our best to create what we believe is the best surf therapy event out there and, and definitely the safest and, and most effective. Very cool. Well, Sean, one of the questions we love asking every one of our guests is, what are the top three things that you've learned over the past three years? Um, I would say number one, it wasn't something I learned in the last three years, but it was something that I learned I had to focus even more on, and that is the human element and the people. Um, I think every organization in the world would benefit from having a closer connection to people who make the organization pick day to day. Um, for us, that's our volunteers and also the athletes and families we, we interact with. Um, I've always been a people person and, and I hang my hat on that, but I, I realized I needed to focus even more on that as the organization grew because uh, anytime a business, you know, and a nonprofit is ultimately a business as well. Anytime a business scales, you know, it's easy to have slippage and mission creep and things come in that, that affect, you know, the, everyone involved and not just the people at the top who are putting in, you know, the hours day out and day out. So for me, it's, it's understanding how to listen as much as I can, how to uh, allow the information that's vital to improving the organization rise to the top so that it can be implemented. And, and so that's been a, a huge focus for me. Um, two and three, boy, let me think. Um, I think I've, I've learned that we really need to embrace, um, I don't want to call it competition, but there, like I said, there are a lot of other organizations in the space and more popping up every day. And we've, instead of fighting that, we've really taken the position of trying to be mentors and fighting to improve the overall environment in the surf therapy space and make sure that 
new organizations that pop up understand, you know, how best to operate and how best to provide serve therapy. And, you know, we're happy to share resources with them if it's beneficial to them and can help them grow because we realize if we're serving a thousand kids a year, we're still serving less than 0.005% of the kids in America who benefit from this. You know, there are millions of children with special needs in America alone. So um, for us, it's in the best interest of the, of the clientele that we serve to make sure there's as many options out there as possible. Um, actually, I know what the third thing is. It's uh, the importance of work-life balance. Um, I would say when Walk on Water started in the first four or five years, uh, I was really fortunate to have my wife there and fortunate that she was as understanding as she was. But I think all the wives and husbands of Walk on Water volunteers over the years have had to push back and say, listen, you know, we realize you're part of an amazing organization that's going rapidly. But um, if you don't take care of, you know, your family and your home first, you have the bandwidth for the energy to take care of this need to happen with the Walk on Water. So for me, it was realizing, you know, when to say no, when to cut things off and when to focus on my family Sean, do you have a um, just a tactical or very like tangible rather way of looking at that? So a lot of our guests have come on and talked about this work-life balance piece, but I'd wonder if you had kind of a any tip that you would give to listener about how to even start that. Oh boy, I I don't know that I've figured it out quite yet. Um, my wife is actually staring at me as I answer this, so I, I have to <laughs> I have to use tact. Um, no, I, I she's in the background saying date nights. Uh, date nights are definitely important. I think for me, the biggest one is I need to make sure that I I schedule time for us. And I, I have time where I just turn off my business life and put down the phone and put down, close the laptop and, and just focus on her and, and the baby and, and things like that. I think for me, it's an area that I plan to try to improve on in 2019. And I want to get even more clinical about it and make sure that I, I create a schedule, you know, a daily, weekly schedule that uh, allows me to have chunks of time devoted to the things that are important in my life. And, and that way I don't have things folding over each other and, and you know, having, having the balance that's super important uh, for me to have success in life. Yeah, I think that that's, I think that that's great advice and, and a great thought. I know that I certainly struggle with that as well, just like everybody does. And uh, oftentimes when something is a problem, make it a process. And so getting things scheduled probably probably pay dividends and uh, and give you a happy happy work life. So, and I love the uh, I, I love the idea of taking an abundance mentality towards working with other organizations uh, that are working toward the same goals. Because to your point, I mean, even if there were thousands of these organizations, they probably still wouldn't come close to to meeting the need. So I appreciate Absolutely. that very much. Sean, yeah. has your, um, have your stakeholders and board, Mike, a question was with a, well, embracing an uh, abundance mindset, there is still a finite amount of resources. So how have you talked to your stakeholders, mainly probably your board of directors about this is why we collaborate. It's not a competition, but this is why we do beyond just the mission piece of it. How have you articulated that this is the right thing to do and actually works for your organization? You know, I don't think I've had to fight to get that message across. I think we're really been uh, lucky to have a board that, you know, everyone is in agreement on that fact. Um, I think for us, the mindset is if we focus on what we do and always trying to improve our processes, always having a focus on safety, number one, and just making sure that, you know, we give max effort in everything we do, then we don't ever really have to worry about the competition or those other groups around us. They're going to do what they're going to do, and we're happy to help support them. But as long as we put AOL first and we really focus on doing the best we can for our organization, it doesn't do any good to look in the rearview mirror or even in the side view mirror and say, you know, oh, what's this guy doing? Oh, they're doing this, they're doing this. 
we really like to take the mentality of, uh, you know, if we can be first to market with an idea or work harder than everyone else, then, you know, we're going to be just fine in the end. And we don't need to even worry about, you know, what's going on with those other businesses. Excellent. Well, Sean, last question. If you could make one plea, knowing that the entire world would hear it, what would that plea be? Uh, I would ask that everyone um, give back to someone less fortunate than themselves. I think in today's world, there's a huge focus on doing what's best for you and working really hard to make sure that you're successful and you have the life you want. People standing right next to us who don't have the same opportunities as us, don't have the same um, abilities as us, or, or whatever it might be. And I think it really speaks to our humanity. Uh, and I don't want us, as a human race, to get away from the idea that we are all humans and we're all the same in the end. And uh, we're only as good as our worst man. So it's important that we lift each other up whenever we can and give back in any way possible. And I can attest to the fact that, you know, through a life of giving back, I've actually gotten way more in return realize the life that's incredibly beneficial and beautiful to me. Amen, brother. Well, now I feel like I was, uh, I was dishonest a second ago. One more question. How can people get, how, how can people get involved? Where, how, how can they learn more about your group? Uh, so the, our website is a walk on If you're listening and you want to type something quicker in, you can use our acronym. So a wow, a W O W.org also works and redirects our website. Uh, from there, you can sign up to volunteer. If you have an athlete or know someone with special needs, if you want to sign them up, you can do so as well. Uh, we'll be releasing our new schedule for all of 2019 in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. Uh, the best place to follow us for announcements on what's going on is our Instagram, which is at a walk on water. Um, there's also obviously on the website a place to donate and become a supporter if you like, or if you're in business and, and are interested in a partnership and becoming a sponsor. There's a lot of information there about Awesome. Centauri, what have we forgotten to talk about? All my questions are answered. I think uh, I have a lot more research to do, but thanks for thanks for sharing all this today. And uh, I'm excited for the work that you're doing. It seems pretty impactful. So kudos to you. Yeah, you know, I appreciate that. And I really appreciate your guys' time today. This is uh, anytime I get to talk about it in this way, it's actually really beneficial for me. And, and I, I really enjoy it. I appreciate you giving me this platform. Yeah, it was absolutely our pleasure. Well, thank you again, sir, and thanks as always for listening. Please do feel free to share today's show with somebody that you think would uh, would would enjoy learning about it. Share it, share it on social media, share it on Instagram, and get the word out. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real. On behalf of Centauri and I, thanks as always for listening. Please subscribe to the show, leave us a review, and feel free to share the show on social media. Thanks a lot.